This paid podcast is a partnership between Slate Studios and Century 21 Real Estate. All uses of trademarks or brands are not meant to convey sponsorship or affiliation of this podcast. From Century 21 Real Estate, this is The Relentless, the podcast that looks at sales differently. I'm Kristen Meinzer, and we have a special treat for you today. We've been doing this for two seasons now, and we're so excited to announce that a little later this summer, we'll be launching our third season. And for this very special episode, our team rustled up some of our very favorite advice our guests have shared over the last two seasons. In fact, these tips are so good, I started incorporating a lot of them into my own business practices. There's a ton of great material ahead, So let's get started. I want to bring you back to our episode with Adam Ferrara. He's an actor and stand-up comedian. And in season one, he told our host, Julie Gurner, about how he manages something every entrepreneur faces, failure and rejection. You have to separate your identity from your product. Your product is how you do this. Your identity is who you are. Problem a lot of people in my line of work face is if you don't like what I do, you don't like me. I feel that, I have lived that, I know that. And I gotta say, one of the best ways to move forward from rejection is to really focus on the opportunities rather than the downsides. Build your product, build your machine. How can I get, how can I use this as rehearsal to get better for the next thing? I got called in for The Sopranos 10 times. 10? 10, at least 10. And it was always five o'clock at rush hour. Take the subway to Queens because that's when they saw people at five o'clock, which is rush hour. And you got to get on the N and the R, which stands for never and rarely (laughs) because they barely show up and you're packed in there like a crush of humanity. So now you're nervous all day when you get called in because you're just that's just the way uh, the, the moment before performance. I'm a mess mumbling to myself and you're on the New York City subway. And the nice thing is nobody cares, but you're all nervous. You sign in and there's a line of guys that look just like you. Any one of them can do the parts. Then you go in, you do the part, you leave. Now you're kicking yourself. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. If you have a list of what's successful and what you wanted to accomplish, and just pick three little things. You go home, you check your list. You go, all right, I did that. Ten times they called me back. And I, I, I because they kept pitching to me. They liked me. They were trying to find a place. So look at the, even though I didn't get the result I wanted, I got, I got success by being called back again. So that was a victory. So even, even though you don't get that one, you're going to learn something in that sales call. You're going to learn something in that meeting that you can use somewhere else. Ten friggin' times I went back. By the eighth time, I went, what's wrong now? What is wrong now? I'm not talking with my hands enough? Is that it? How more Italian you want me to do? You want, you want me to lose a war? You want me to cook your pot of sauce? You know? So I made them laugh, and they kept calling me back. I never got a part. Never. Huh. But I got a call for Nurse Jackie. Same studio. Fantastic. Same time to read with Edie Falco. The body was conditioned to taking that trip at rush hour, to dealing with those nerves, to walking in that room, to be confident enough in that room because I've been there before. And right. I did it before. So it was familiar territory. Boom. Did the, I read with Edie first time. Got the job. I did two years on the show. Collect the information. That's all you can do. One more time. Collect the information. Be self-aware. That's our first mindset hack. Cultivating that self-awareness, that emotional intelligence, it's crucial to running a business. And Gary Vaynerchuk is doing just that. 
known to his legions of fans as Gary Vee. He's a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, podcaster, investor, and I gotta say from talking with him, just a delight. When Gary was a teenager, he transformed his parents' liquor store into the internet juggernaut Wine Library. From there, he built a media empire and brand around his entrepreneurial expertise. When I met Gary last season, he told me how he hones his soft skills. He says it starts with listening, which is honestly some of the hardest work you can do. How you interact with people, how they feel about you, I think it's the emotional strength inside to have the ability to be the bigger person in every interaction because you're in a good place. I think these are the things that business owners and entrepreneurs are going to really need to lean into more and more. And as his business grew, some of the most challenging moments for him were around building empathy, especially toward his team members. I think a great mistake that many make is they choose their customer over their employee. And I think the way to actually answer your question is to actually start with the empathy on the employee level. That if you've always got your employees back, the employee is no longer fearful of the customer and is able to be in a much better state and framework to deliver what we're looking for for the customer. I do believe it's empathy. And I do believe for a lot of people listening, remember that if you make employee first, customer second, you third, then you will win. And that's been a very tried and true model. Gary Vee, he owned up to his early missteps as an entrepreneur and he grew. Now, developing empathy for clients, it's just as important. It's something I talked about with Michael Atwood and his brother Matthew last season. Hey, hello. Hi. They're the co-owners of Century 21 Atwood in Mankato, Minnesota. As a fellow Minnesotan and third-generation customer service representative, I immediately locked into the Atwood's approach to caring for the customer. That, I think, is what sets apart um, the relentlessness of, of people. Those who will anticipate people's needs, who will um, have an understanding of people and of the situation, and work ahead of it instead of reacting to it. Right. Something Matt and I discuss a lot is um, when we're dealing with our employees, uh, a rare trait, and it's definitely a key trait of being relentless, is caring about that outcome, caring about the follow-up, caring about the impact, right? And we always say, as an employer, you can pay people to work, but you can't pay people to care. Thinking like the customer is something Michael Atwood reminds himself to do every day. You know, I was just, I'm going through a, a home remodel right now, and I was just at <laughs> uh, some flooring depot, something or other. Um, and the person that was kind of assigned to helping me once I walked in the door was not the most helpful. And um, the whole time I kept on, you know, I don't know, I would pull something off and she'd be like, well, that's, you know, that's not really in stock. And, and I felt like I was like dry, driving the conversation to say, well, do you have anything similar that is in stock? Or like, what does this look like in a different color palette or anything, right? And I couldn't help but notice that there was another couple there doing their shopping too. And, and the person helping them was so excited for them. Like, oh, I love that choice. That's a really good one. You know what pairs well with that? Or have you considered something that has a little bit more of this undertone? Or like, just it, not necessarily driving the entire experience, but 
participating in it, right? And also letting them know because there's usually one party who does this all day, every day, and one party who hardly ever does this, right? Uh, and the same thing goes for the real estate industry. We have all these agents who do this all day, every day. And then we have buyers and sellers who obviously don't. And and when I am the consumer, I want to be able to look to whoever the professional is and just have them be excited for me and have them participate with me so that I'm not looking around going, uh, well, don't put it all on my shoulders. Like, is this, is this right? Am I along the right lines? Is this the right next step? How does this work? Um, just someone who's going to be involved and, and share in that excitement with me, I think goes a long way. Uh, Michael, I... Feel that excitement so hard. All of this really hit home for me. So much truly does come down to being a better communicator and reading the room, no matter the situation. And that's where we're headed next. Stay with us. Over the last two years, so much business and communication has shifted almost entirely into the digital space. I know for me, social media platforms are areas where I've had to up my own game, whether I wanted to or not. Melissa Hobley knows a lot about how to stand out in that realm. She's the global chief marketing officer for the dating app OkCupid. In season one, she shared tips on how to build a social media presence, whether you're an individual looking for love or an entrepreneur connecting with potential clients. The first is to make sure it reflects who you are. And, and that is like so easy to say. So what I mean by that, here's how you know if it does that. Show, show your profile or your LinkedIn or your resume to someone that you don't know and say, I want you to look at this quickly and tell me, you know, give me the 10 second summary of what you think it is. And if they cannot tell you after looking at that dating profile or looking at that Facebook, okay, you care about your family, you have a sense of humor, you love traveling, like you could not date someone that did not have a passport. Whatever those things are, if they can't give you that quickly, you have not done a you have not done the right job of saying who you are. And the second thing is be yourself, set that story, and then keep updating it. Um, most people don't know this, but three out of four dating app profiles are set and then never updated again which is crazy because they'll say, I can't wait for the finale of Breaking Bad. And you're like, God, how long have you been standing up? Like, when did you update this? And there's no relevant pictures. Um, and this is so important no matter what you're doing, right? Look at Facebook. When you update your profile or you have a business page or a group page, when you add a photo, a picture, anything, the algorithm kicks in and Facebook rewards you for that. Most uh, platforms do that now, digital platforms. And by the way, it also shows that you're engaged, that you're relevant. If it's a house, if it is that business page on Facebook, when you see those those timely things, you think, wow, someone really cares. I see what's happening here. This is a living and breathing brand, house, whatever it may be. I love that. It is so important to have a presence that goes beyond a picture, a living brand. Engagement in the digital space really translates into how people perceive you in the real world. And my guest in season two, Erica Dewan, had her own take on how we tell the story of that living brand. Our digital communication doesn't just reflect who we are, it can do the heavy lifting for us. I had more questions for her about how entrepreneurs and real estate agents can replicate the in-person skills they're known for. How can they transmit that warmth and hospitality when they're doing it all online? 
Well, we all know first and foremost that it's harder. We knew the power of the smile in person, the lean in in a sales conversation, the laugh. So let me give you a little rule book for how we take some of the traditional signals of body language, of trust, engagement, or excitement, and adapt them to digital body language. Let's start with trust. Now, when we are signaling others that we trust them or we read that they are trusting us, we may see traditional body language signals like someone keeping their palms open, uncrossing their arms or legs, or smiling and nodding. Mm -hmm. In a digital world, that could mean simple things like using language that is direct, sending emails with clear subject lines, uh, maybe having that email with a friendly gesture of, you know, hope this helps. Text me if you need anything else to break down those barriers or Mm. even mirroring the sender's use of emojis or informal punctuation. Uh, Yes, I have been there. Sometimes punctuation really can make a huge difference in creating a sense of trust. These are such great examples. Erica, can you give us some more? The second example is engagement. Now, traditional engagement often looked like making direct eye contact in a face-to-face meeting. In a digital world, that could be simple things like prioritizing timely responses, responding quickly. I'll I'll give you a third one, which I think is important, which is excitement. Uh, When we want to show our eagerness and our interest with others. In, In physical body language, that often looks like speaking quickly or uh, tapping our fingers or raising our eyebrows. In a digital world, that could be using multiple exclamation points or capitalization to show excitement. Uh, It could also be sending multiple messages uh, to show engagement, maybe a text, but also an email looking forward to this. Uh, And also not shying away from the power of emojis. I like to say, think before you emoji with these tools, but to not shy away from them because In today's world, they're much more of the norm, not the exception, to show that emotional nuance. An emoji really is a surprisingly easy way to bring a sense of rapport, but also pure delight to a conversation. It's an effective workhorse for engagement. Real estate agent Rhett Harmon engages in a different way. He makes videos about his hometown. We are trying to become the community expert by telling other local businesses stories and local community happenings through video and social media. You know, when we were making this episode, Rhett and I met remotely over a video call, but his positivity and ingenuity really shined through despite the distance. It struck me, here's this guy who cares about his community and his business, but he's also kind of a goofball in the very best way. Like the time he wanted to spotlight the local yoga studio, but he didn't just want to give a tour. He joined right in. He was right down there on the mat with the best of them. Actually, our managing broker, Sandy, had uh, she's really into yoga. And she said, you need to come do a video for this yoga studio. So we did. And I thought that she was going to be in the video. Well, I get there and they give me a tank top and a headband and say, you're in the video. So uh, I got a chance to do um, yoga. You are a very natural yogi. You're doing a great job. You're balancing. Did you say yogi? Yogi. That's what we call people who do yoga. Rhett is with Century 21 Novus in Carrollton, Georgia, just west of Atlanta. He told me he loves bragging about the local small businesses, from bicycle stores to barbershops, even if there's no direct tie to real estate. It's a lot of work. He makes eight to 10 videos a month. Consistency is the biggest thing because you've got to stick with a plan uh, to make it all work. We were over two years into it before I realized that it was actually starting to pay off. Well, when you say pay off, um, uh, what do you mean? I mean, because... Is there a real return on investment when you're putting this much work into this? 
uh, I guess the payoff is just just knowing that um, people really appreciate it and you know come up to you and tell you thank you for sharing that story. We were able to connect with this person, and you know being a community connector is kind of one of my my goals. Uh, and I think by by doing this on a consistent basis, that's when I, I really start realizing the real payoff, and I can see that other relationships are created through some of the efforts that that we've uh, that we've been working on, and that's that's the real reward. Building relationships and bringing that human dimension to these businesses in his community, it positions Rhett in a unique way. He even told me about how he coordinated an organ transplant through his videos. It's extraordinary how he connects with his neighbors. In our next segment, we'll hear about some of the other kinds of personal touches that can really make a difference for a small business owner. My very first conversation in season two was with Tina Roth Eisenberg. She has a mission to bring joy and wonder to as many aspects of her business as possible. Tina is a serial entrepreneur. She's founded a popular global lecture series, started a co-working space, and one of her most successful companies is Tatley, which designs and makes gorgeous temporary tattoos. My current fave, right here on my shoulder now, is a soft serve ice cream cone with sprinkles. Tina had some great advice about adding a little surprise and delight to our workdays, and it's really stuck with me. I feel like if if I were to advise someone who where this doesn't come so intuitively, I would just say whatever you have built, uh, whatever is like your product is, your service is, and it's running and it's selling and it's fine. Just take a step back and be in a really playful, fun mode with your team, maybe, and say, what can we add on to this that is just a bit surprising and silly and funny that just people wouldn't necessarily expect and add that layer on top of it? And I do think that little extra love is what will make people so loyal to you, will make people share what they just purchased or experienced with delight. So for example, uh, in our checkout, you can, at the end, at Tatley, you can, for $1, you can add confetti to oh. it. It's the best selling, <laughs> it's the best selling item we have. And like about maybe on the second year in, I decided to fill an entire uh, drawer with confetti in our office. It's a very famous confetti drawer. I mean, it's really deep and it's really big. And it's like, it's, it's, delightful to push your hand into all of that confetti. And it's become a thing. Like people write to us how they've been inspired to start their own confetti drawer. Like they they love the fact that, oh, and also when you, when you check on the box that you want the confetti and you add it to your cart, like confetti rains down on the screen. Oh. And <laughs> you just have to go the extra step. They, from a, like a sales perspective, can, can you point back to say like, this made us more sales? No. But does it delight customers? Yes. And what? And, and I feel like the delight and the joy will make just the customers more loyal to you. If they know they'll feel good if they come to your site, I mean, who doesn't want to come to your site then? I want to come to your site, Tina. You have enchanted me. Tamor Adegechi is just as committed to enchanting his customers. He founded the popular online stationery site, Papier. To him, taking the time to personalize and customize is not wasted time. And as someone who's often on the receiving end of that kind of personalization from clients, I have to say it makes for better relationships and better decor because, yes, I post every thank you card in my home studio. 
In our conversation, Tamor told me about the care and thoughtfulness he puts into choosing a gift. It's a gesture that can go a long way in building relationships of all types. We used to have a fantastic member of our team who was a formidable oil artist. And, you know, we, we bought for him a huge set of oil paints so that he could continue with that, with that passion. And I think that means a lot more than maybe some of the more tick box gifts, such as flowers or chocolates. Um, but not saying I wouldn't appreciate the flowers now and again. <laughs> I think, you know, people recognize when a gift has actually had consideration and thought and time going into it. And I, I go back to that element of time. It is the most precious resource. So when people see that time has gone into it, well, that's because you've written a note, or you've spent a lot of time researching and working out what is the right, what is a gift that that person will really appreciate, then they, they will remember that. And I think that that will result in a, in a, in a longer lasting relationship. I think you just touched on something very important for a lot of us out there. It doesn't have to be arduous. A gift doesn't require hours of planning. Absolutely. And writing a note doesn't have to be hard. It can just be a sentence or two that can make somebody's day better. Yeah, and, and that's my advice when I, you know, people talk to me about the art of letter writing. And I always go back and say, I really don't like calling it that. Because yes, there is an art. And yes, there have been authors and writers who have penned some of the most beautiful letters that are art. But not everyone needs to do that. Not even everyone needs to, needs to aspire to writing a beautiful piece of prose. In fact, what's more beautiful is the honesty in it. So actually not thinking about it, just putting pen to paper, making mistakes, scratching them out. There's something that's so beautiful about reading a note and seeing people's thought processes happening because they're scratching a word out and they're replacing it with a different word. Just doing a lot of that is so much more honest and beautiful than trying to write some, you know, beautiful, lavish letter that, uh, that uh, it feels a little bit less organic. Taymor really got me to see things differently in our conversation. He reminded me that honesty and authenticity in the work is fundamental. And Century 21 agents like C.O. Sandoval of Montebello, California, embody that. In season two, I was so impressed by how extreme hospitality runs through so much of her business. You know, anything you can do extra um, that does, is not part of the job, you know, with real estate, you have so many in-between people. You have escrow, title, home inspectors, appraisals. Work with them. You're all, it's all a team because, you know, they're, they're a representation of me. And so I want to make sure that my clients know that, you know, upon the sale, I don't go away. I'm with you all the way till closing. I, I had a customer. They were older couple. And this is a true story. They were very, you know, on a budget and we hired movers. I, you know, I had to advance that because they didn't have the funds to do that. They didn't have family to help. And mm -hmm. I said, you know what? I'll take care of it. We'll bill it through escrow. Um, and even at the end, they had been there 40 years. They broke down. They didn't know where to start. I said, it's okay. I'm going to hire some people. I was there moving boxes with them. I was coordinating oh. with them because I knew that they needed that because without some direction, they were not going to be able to take that initiative and say, you know, escrow closed, you got to go. We don't want to have an issue <laughs> with possession. Um, so, you know, be there for your clients, check in on them. 
from going the extra mile for clients to figuring out how to do the hard work, SEO and all our guests have brought so many great tools to add to the toolbox. There's so much we couldn't get to today. And gosh, just listening back, I am reminded of how much fun we've had in these conversations. It's getting me excited for our new season, which is just around the corner. I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned for season three and stay relentless. All rights reserved. Nothing herein is intended to create an employment relationship. Century 21 Real Estate LLC fully supports the principles of the Fair Housing Act and the Equal Opportunity Act. Each office is independently owned and operated. This material may contain suggestions and best practices that you may use at your discretion.